Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexual Confidence on Tap with Shannon Etheridge and friends. I have a relatively new friend with me today. Rob Kowalski is someone that uh, has started an amazing organization that I'm going to let him tell you about. But I was recently on his podcast and we were having one of those spirited conversations that I was like, we got to do this on my podcast. So Rob, thanks for giving me equal time on Sexual Confidence on Tap. (laughs) No, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. This is a great uh, privilege. Well, tell us about City Fam. Sure. Uh, So I used to be a nightclub promoter. That was, you know, for most of my adulthood, I was either a stripper or a club promoter. That was how I made money. And uh, even though City Fam isn't faith-based, I always have to preface it, this part of the story. But I became a Christian when I was 27 years old. I had this radical conversion experience where I like got baptized in the Holy Spirit and I prophesied. Like I wasn't even looking for God. It was weird. God and, was obviously uh, looking for you. Yeah, he he got me, and uh, and then so th- then I, I was basically like, okay, well, what do I do for fun now? Because I basically had to stop working in the clubs. I committed myself to you know not having sex again until I was married, and really just kind of you know went all in on it. And but life got really lonely, and I couldn't find a group of people that I could relate to because I just didn't relate to church people. They were kind of boring to me, and <laughs> so I just stayed at home alone a lot. And I went to a lot of movies, and I just thought if I didn't sin long enough, God would give me this wife and then this loneliness would go away. And it lasted for six years. And eventually I backslid because I I went back to the bars because I just couldn't do it anymore. I was like, I need to have some fun. I need to be around people. Right. And uh, of course, when I'm, you know, in the bar, it's not too hard to make bad decisions because, you know, pretty much you become like the people you associate with. So I, I, you know, started sleeping around again, drinking too much. Eventually I was even using drugs. I just kind of ended up back to where I started. Big rededic- spiral. Yeah. So I rededicated it a few years later after making a pretty good mess. And I went through the exact same thing where I was staying in every night writing movies. And I, I, I probably did it for about a year. And I was so mad. I was like, this is, where's this abundant life stuff like that Jesus talks about? Because I don't see it. My life sucks. I was like, I was happier before I was a Christian. And they said, well, you know, I was talking to a friend and he said, why don't you start promoting events that give yourself, give you something to, to look forward to that won't get you into trouble. And it was kind of like a light bulb that went off. So I started promoting social events that we now call fun without regrets, started doing service events because I was volunteering through the church and I liked the way it made me feel. And I wanted my, my non-church friends to feel the same thing and really just kind of like, it gave me a, a social life and made it very intentional because what I really found interesting was the the people that I couldn't get to come to church for the last 10 plus years, all my friends, my old friends, they, I could get them to social events. And if, and if in those social events, there were people like me, other, other normal Christians, I have to say that normal Mm -hmm. because not all of us are, but, um, they, they, they would really like them and they would develop relationships. And next thing you know, they'd be in church and they would get saved. And I was like, wow, I've been trying to invite you here for 10 years. And now you come to a bar and then you end up here anyway. So it was like this really kind of cool pathway. And I found, you know, I really think that the, I, even though like, again, we're not a faith-based group, but I do think the church is full of older singles and the church has no idea what to do with them. And right. I was like, they could be mobilized and evangelize the freaking world. We're, we're, we're actually more effective than people that are coupled up because we don't have nothing else to do. Isn't it like 40 to 50% of the world's adult population are actually single? 
Wow. And actually, I heard recently that it was more than 50%, which basically means single people make up the majority of the adult population. I love this concept of creating avenues where people can come together for social reasons, but also develop their spiritual side and get to know each other on a level playing field and not feel as if because I don't belong in the church choir, or because I can't lead the women's Bible study or preach from the pulpit, I don't belong here. It reminds me of how hymns were originally bar tunes, right? Really? The bars were where the evangelism was happening. Yeah. Matthew's house. There you go. So I want you to talk to me about this concept of saving sex until marriage, because sure. uh, after I did Sexy Marriage Radio, I did a little stint on a podcast called Touch uh, podcast. And there was a lot of people who were very much on the other side of the fence that the purity movement was a movement that had swung too far to the right. And then with sexual confidence on tap, I've had a, a beautiful balance and an ebb and flow of both sides of that fence. And my philosophy has been, I can only stake my personal claim. I can't tell other people what they should do. I know what God calls us to. I know what the standard is. I also know that 90% of people don't live up to that standard, but I'm always open to learning from people mm -hmm. who have something to teach. Yeah. And from what I've learned about you, Rob Kowalski, you have something to teach. Thanks. So what can you tell us about your journey? I think I honestly might be the person that's lived at more polar ends of the spectrum when it comes to sex than any other human being in history. I, I mean, and I don't even say that jokingly. I, I've literally had sex with hundreds of people. I was the king of the one night stand. Um, and then I became abstinent for 15 of the last 20 years. So when, when you do that, it gives you a very unique perspective on things. And I didn't understand the concept of waiting when I started at all. And then I started to understand it really good. And now I think I can probably explain it better than anybody. And, you know, the reason that marriage works is because as bad as I want the pleasure of sex, I equally don't want the pain of divorce. Mm -hmm. So that's, so your heart's deceitful. I'm going to let you say that again. Yeah. As bad as I want the pleasure of sex, I equally don't want the pain of divorce. Yes. So you, you weigh it. Because I like, there's women around me now that I, sometimes I want to have sex. I and I would be like, I'd like to just call her over and smash, you know. And and I'm like, but would you sign the marriage contract? And I go, damn, no. I already can tell that there's something missing. I don't even need to. So like, I'm what asking, a great litmus test. Yeah, for your own personal sexual integrity. If you wouldn't marry them don't screw them. Right. Everybody believes in the golden rule. It doesn't matter what religion you are, right? It doesn't matter if you're Muslim or Buddhist or whatever. Everybody believes doing to others as you'd have them doing to you. Well, if you are sleeping with somebody's future wife, that's not a great way to love your neighbor. So, you know, you have to ask yourself that question. But what we don't want to do is we want to go, well, I want to take it for a test drive first. But what happens is you're now you're not evaluating, not at least the same as you would if you were only choosing one. And what happens is because we're sticky, you know, there's oxytocin, people get stuck together and those soul ties are so hard to break. So, sometimes people never get out. They spend their whole life with the wrong person and then they miss their purpose because now they're not right. transmuting their sexual energy to figure out what they're here for and actually get, get moving in that direction. They choose the wrong person that doesn't have the skill sets to complement their skill sets and they never get there. And then they use football and beer to escape reality because they're, they're living in Egypt and they're not in their promised land. And they feel the pain of not living in their purpose. And they're, at that point, it's too late. Yeah. Instead of 
waiting for Mrs. Wright. They settle for Mrs. Wright now instead Absolutely. of waiting for Mr. Wright. They settle for Mr. Wright now. And you're right. Once you have sex with that person, you're pretty much stuck like glue. What are you going to do with that relationship now? If this wasn't where God originally was leading you, you've got a mess on your hands. Absolutely. So continue to unpack this. How have people... Well, first of all, how have you presented the concept of waiting until marriage to an adult population who probably is just scratching their head and looking at you like, you got to be kidding me. Like I'm not 15. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with my past, because I was such a notorious man whore for me to come out. People are like, what are you talking about? But I, I like to start with the numbers, you know, that the, the, the divorce rate for people that, that wait for people that marry as virgins is 6%. So you'll hear a lot of people say, no, if you wait, then you'll just marry the wrong person to have sex. Well, it's not true. The numbers don't support it. There's only a 6% divorce rate. The divorce rate for everybody else is 50%. 97% of people don't wait. So that means your chance of being happily married is pretty freaking slim if you do it the way that everybody else does it. You know, so like, and here's the other thing I always say to people of the 50% that don't get divorced, what percentage of them are happy? Cause that's the real question. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think the numbers as high as people think. I think a lot of people stay together for the kids and for finances. So, you know, you, that maybe what, maybe half of the half. So your chances are one in four of right. being happily married. The other thing I look at is. So I, hold uh, on, pre sure. rewind that tape. Yeah. So quote that study again, that if for people, that for people who save sex until marriage, there's a much smaller percentage of those right. who go through a divorce? 6% divorce rate. 94% of the time they stay married. Who did that research? That is amazing. I don't remember. I have to look up the source. I think it's still on my website. If you go to whywaitingworks.com, actually, I, I flipped the website. I used to have all the links from um, all the sources from my book, but I'll, I'll look it up and I'll message, or maybe I can. you can put it in the show notes by the time this aired. Yeah. But- it is pretty well documented that the divorce rate for everybody else is 50%. You know, everybody knows that. And I think we're numb to it. You know, like at this point, everybody doesn't really think about it anymore. But, you know, this, this is why, this is why it works. I realize that the no sex before marriage, just to say that sounds extreme. But if I was to say to your listeners, how about no sex before love? Can you relate to that? Most people go, oh, yeah, I, I can get my mind around that one. Yeah. You say, okay, great. How do you know if you're in love? Because I think that you'll marry the person to prove it to yourself and to them. Because again, the heart's deceitful. Imagine if you and I were dating, Shannon, and I said, Shannon, I love you. Let's have sex. And you said, I love you too, Rob. Let's just go to the justice of the peace real quick. I'd be like, oh, damn. Let me think about this a little longer. <laughs> right? That's what I would do. I'd be like, damn. Let me think about it. Because now I want to see if my heart's lying to me. Ah. Before I get myself into something complicated with you. Mm-hmm that maybe I can't get out of. And even if I do get out of, like, I used to think I was going to be like George Clooney. I was just going to be like always single. I didn't want everyone in a relationship. I just wanted casual sex. But what would happen is the girls would give me the sex. Usually I would lose interest to be honest. As soon as I, as soon as I ejaculated, I'd lose interest. Wow. Sometimes, sometimes, and there's a great Ted talk on this called how your brain falls in love by Dawn Mazur. She's a biologist and she talks about women release oxytocin during orgasm. Men do not men release oxytocin when they commit. Which makes sense if you think about marriage. Which means they can be a man whore. They, right. That's why women get, you know, they, men can hit it and quit it, but women will get clingy after sex. I've seen it happen a million times to me where I'd have conversations with women and say, look, don't sleep with me because this is just going to be sex. And they would be like, it's okay. I'm good. 
and then they we'd have sex and then they'd get Trying mad at to me. act all cool well then they'd get mad at me after the sex because i didn't want to just have sex with them yeah so let, I, let me let me translate for the rest of the world i know that you probably have already figured it out but let me translate for the rest of the world women will barter with their bodies for the commitment that they long to have. They assume that if I give Rob Kowalski or whatever single guy my body, he's going to fall so in love with me that he's going to throw out his lifelong bachelor card and and I'm going to be the one that totally changed his paradigm. You better rethink that strategy because the only way to change a man is if he is in diapers. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. So continue. Intriguing conversation thus far. Yeah. So I don't know. Where, where do we leave that? I said basically that. Well, men don't commit. Yeah. You know, so yeah, men, men can, hit, can hit it and quit it a lot easier. And women are going to get clingy because of the oxytocin. And I always tell women, it put, it's a very dangerous proposition for a woman to have sex with a man before commitment. And when I say commitment, I mean a real commitment, which is marriage, not just uh you know, even a a status on Facebook or a boyfriend or even an engagement ring for that matter, because it's so easy to get out of. That's the point. Marriage is hard to get out of. It's going to cause me pain. So now I'm going to think about it very carefully before I sign it. And what you said before about trading what you want most for what you want right now, that literally is the definition of failure is trading what you want most for what you want right now. And I used to do it and later on comes and then you're, you know, I wasn't happy. I, I tell you, before I recommitted myself to sexual purity, the worst time of day for me was the mornings because I would wake up and I did not like my reality, you know, that I created for myself from all the, you know, just living for myself for the most part. And, and I didn't really have anyone in my life that loved me or that I loved. That really wasn't adding value to anyone's life that I felt. And, you know, basically when I started doing it God's way is when everything started to change. I mean, it's, it's difficult at times, you know, it's not easy. Like I often compare it like, you know, I was happy a lot of times in the moment when I was living for myself, but then I would look in the mirror and I wasn't fulfilled because yeah. I felt empty. Now I feel very fulfilled. I'm not always happy in the moment though. Sometimes I'm like, damn it. I wake up at four o'clock in the morning and I'm working, you know, working 15 hour days, but I'm very fulfilled. Yeah. So you've surrounded yourself with people that you can supplement your energies into, even though you don't have a marriage, you are investing in people's lives and people are investing their lives in you. So I love that you've created the surrogate family around you. How do, how do they respond to this message of, yeah, even though you're an adult, even though you may have been married before, I'm calling you to a higher standard of don't have sex until marriage the next time around. How do they Yeah. So they, I think a lot of them kind of laugh or, you know, it's drawn a lot of people into the organization. I always have to say city fam is not the abstinent group because I'm sure there's people having sex in the group. We're not the sober group. Uh, We're the group that's trying to become the best version of themselves. Right. So I just make an argument for the fact that the quickest way to do that is to get pure in this area of your life, because what it forces you to do is Number one, sex transmutation. You, you take all that energy into fig, like putting it back into yourself and really figuring out why you're here and then moving the needle forward towards your purpose. The other thing it really does is I, I needed community like I needed air when I started waiting. When I was not waiting, I did not need community. I didn't need it. I would, you were always looking for the next I was just getting, I was going out to get a piece of ass. I was going out with my friends to the bars. We weren't adding value to each other's lives. We were just hanging out. 
when I stopped doing that, I was like, I had to start adding value to other people's lives because there had to be some substance to the relationship because I wasn't just chasing tail anymore. Right. So now all of a sudden here, here's how it worked. God revealed my purpose to me when I got obedient in this area of my life. It was so awesome and so exciting, but I didn't have the skill sets, the resources, the money, none of, none of the above to do it by myself. But I started cultivating all these great people around me that weren't selfish anymore. I started adding value to their life. They started adding value to my life. And now I, I, it started becoming true. They helped me get there. I borrowed a car for like two and a half years. I live in someone's house right now. With a guy I went to high school with and let me stay for free for over two years while I was writing my book. I would have... I would have never been able to do that when I was partying. I didn't even have friends like that. They weren't we were good time Charlies. Purpose. Yeah, well, they were just all good time Charlies. You know, but I had to cultivate this community because I didn't have sex to fall back on anymore. I didn't have the crutch of sex. And it, it was it was the hardest thing I've ever done. I won't lie. I mean, it, at times I was depressed and lonely and horny and sure. you know, it was an emotional roller coaster. But I look back at my life and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I did it. Well, I've said over and over that the pendulum swings hard. So I can see how someone whose pendulum had swung so far to the left mm. that he is in nightclubs every night. He is stripping for money. He is having sex with anything that moves. I can see why you needed to yeah. go all the way to the opposite extreme. And hats off to you. Celibate for 15 of the last 20 years. That is amazing. Yeah, that I... I Ugh. I would have never signed up if I would have known on the front end. I, God got me. Like he, he's, he's smart. When, when I got saved, he said, look, I have someone for you. Basically. He, he told me, he said, I have someone for you. He even told me her name. I don't want to get into it, but he's like, she lived in California. I lived here. He's like, look, I'll, basically I'll bring her to you. If you if you wait. So I, I really didn't have a choice, but to wait. Cause she lived there and, and I was, I was here and she was in a relationship with somebody else. I, so anyway, I waited initially for selfish reasons. I was like, okay, she, you she thought was, you were going to get a payoff. Yeah. She's hot. I better let, you know, God said, this is my person. So I must be the girl that's really going to make me happy. Never been in love at that point. You know, 27 years old. I'd never been in love. I'm like, okay, I'll wait. Better hurry. God. I said, you better hurry. You know, I can't wait long. I thought it was going to be like two weeks or a month turned into six years. Then I backslid rededicated. I didn't even intentionally backslide, but it was like, man, once they, they talk about that sin, it's like yeast that uh, ruins the whole batch of dough or whatever. I forget the scripture, but yeah. it was like that. Cause I, I've been good for six years and I had, I had slipped up. I had sex with a girl about a month later. I had sex with a second girl and then man, it just took control of my life. So it's when I rededicated, slope. yeah, when I rededicated, it was my kryptonite and I set such strong boundaries and I still haven't been perfect. I've made two mistakes in the last nine years single nights with girls that were just friends. It was just accidental. And, um, and that, that's really trying my damnedest not to, it's still so hard. Yeah. In this culture that we live in too, not everybody has the values that like, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the people that I'm friends with, you know, even the girls are just like, they don't have as strong a convictions as me. I think it trickles down, you know, Mm -hmm. and even though, like I said, we're not the abstinent group, my, beliefs and philosophy or whatever you want to call it trickles down into city fam and it influences the group. And, sure. you know, I think people probably try a little harder than they would. Absolutely. When they see you as a role model, who's holding this really high standard for himself, not that he's going to have a total shame spiral and beat himself up if he accidentally stumbled and fall, but he is always 
keeping that bar high. I, I love how quickly you have bounced back of recognizing I don't want to live a lifestyle of casual sex. That's yeah. who I used to be. That's not who I am now. So good for you. I can totally see how people would want to follow your lead as a fallible leader. I, I think that that humility is often missing in leaders of Christian organizations. And then when they have this big, ugly fall from grace, it's just horrific. Mm. I love your humility that you can fall and pick yourself back up and say, wow, I shouldn't have done that, but I'm not going to keep doing it. That's the best that we can hope for on the side of heaven. Don't you think as oh, fallen yeah. creatures of fallen sons and daughters of Adam and Eve? Yeah. When I first, when I first backslid after the six years, I didn't tell, I kept it quiet. Mm. People found out I was leading a small group at the time. People found out and they confronted me with it. And when they did it, man, it hurt. So when I messed up, you know, the tw two times in the last nine years, I was like, uh, uh, nobody's going to, I went, I, I posted on social media actually, because oh, wow. I was like, I'm going to tell them myself. It was like, you know, the, the end of the, the movie eight mile or Eminem comes out and he's basically he takes all the bullets out of their gun. He says, okay, yeah, I live in a trailer park and you slept with my girl. He basically says everything bad about himself and they're just sitting there like they have nothing to say. Right. So I was like, screw it. I just went on social media and said, look, I messed up. I got, you know, one time you I got owned your failure. Yeah. And then it, it, you take all the air out of it. And you know, I know that I was trying and, and for me, it keeps me out of trouble because I know that if I do it again, I'm going to have to tell again. And that yeah. for me is like, I don't want that. I'd rather, I'd rather suffer through the, the temporary pain of being lonely or horny than have to get on Facebook and tell on myself. Yeah. That's humility. That's accountability. And that is integrity. So Rob, we are living in a day and age where many of the parents of teenagers are those who went through the purity movement when it was at its peak, where there was the silver ring thing, ceremonies going on, where people were making their pledges, some of whom lived up to that, the majority of whom didn't. But now they're looking at their teenagers and this generation has basically been raised on porn. Like mm. they found internet porn before they were even in the third grade, most likely. Crazy. And so- yeah. What advice do you have for parents trying to raise a generation with sexual integrity, but not wanting to, I'll use their expression that I've heard over and over again, not wanting to serve them the purity movement Kool-Aid as if it's a doctrine that is held. Okay. Let me, let me back up and say it this way. Sure. I think that a lot of people who saved sex until marriage the first time around wound up in hindsight going, wow, the people who poured into me created an expectation in my mind that A, if I save sex until marriage, God's going to totally bless my socks off and he's going to give me the most amazing sex life ever. And then it didn't happen that way. And then they discovered all this tension and anxiety in their marriage relationship because they had zero sexual experience and didn't really know how to get in that groove. And then in hindsight, they looked at it as, that was almost like higher than the salvation doctrine. Like mm -hmm. the church focused so much on being a virgin until you're married that grace, mercy, forgiveness, unconditional love of God, all those things were secondary to this higher standard of you got to be a virgin when you got, when you get married. So now they're looking at their teenagers and going, what can I do to balance this conversation to inspire them toward sexual integrity, but not create a shame spiral for them if they fail to. Yeah, that's good. 
I mean, I think, I think purity is only one part of it. You know, like there's so many parts that go into finding that right person because trust me, I've gotten tempted myself where I'm like, for the love of God, I'm just going to pick somebody, you know, just so I can have sex. Like, seriously, I've thought that. <laughs> oh, you know make that wife feel so special. I just picked you because I wanted to have sex. I messaged a couple girls recently. I said, let's just, let's just uh, elope and get straight to the honeymoon. I was joking, but I'm like, you know, like, of course I wouldn't do it. But it, I do believe that there's people that probably do it, that probably marry for the sex. Oh, they or, absolutely do. Are you yeah. kidding? There's yeah. a lot of people who just assume that if I want to have sex with this person, I just need to marry them. Right. No, and so then they wake but, up and go, oh my gosh, who did I marry? Exactly. That's what I would be doing. I, I'd, I'd have fun for about two weeks. We'd, we'd, we'd like screw like bunnies. And then I'd be kicking myself going, damn it, you idiot. What did you do? So that it's really just one component because you gotta, you gotta have discernment. You gotta have, you know, pray your way through a peace with God. It's gotta take some time. You know, you probably want to date the person for six months. I would say maybe minimum. I don't want to put a hard and fast rule, but I would say six months is probably a good amount of time to see that real, that real person yeah. and, and see, but I do know that what's the alternative because you know, like if you have sex, it's going to give you feelings of love you know, and you're going to miss the Masquerade red flags. So well. I, but I think, I think the kids now, what they want is they want the practical, the practicality, which is when I made that 10 reasons video that went viral on YouTube, I didn't want to explain like, Oh, it's a sin or you're, you know, whatever you're, you're uh, whatever the marriage bed or whatever the word is. That's not good enough for this generation. No, they, don't, they don't care they, about that. No, I'm like, look, this is the way it's going to play out for real, for real. Yeah. And I just explained it very practically. And, and that's why, I think people responded so well to it. And they so knew I, that you were speaking from experience and were a credible messenger with the message. Yes. And, Cause I've, I've done it the other way and I can tell you it does not work. You know, like your, you, your friend group and your, your, you know, will get smaller and smaller the way you'll feel about yourself. You open yourself up to a lot of negative things. I mean, my first girlfriend I was with for five years and I was not in love, clearly not in love with the girl, but I could not break up with her. I didn't know about soul ties. All I knew is that, we were stuck in something. And then eventually I, it took me four years of feeling smothered before I was able to finally confess to her. I'm not sure if I'm in love with you. She, she started crying. We broke up. She started dating somebody else and it threw me into a deep depression. And then I reeled her back in. I convinced her to come back to me. We said it was great for about two weeks. And then the feelings came right back of me feeling disillusioned again. I was looking at porn. It obviously you know, wasn't good for you. Well, yeah, we just weren't, we were, their connection wasn't deep, but I you don't know if the connection's deep early. Like all you know is that you're physically attracted to this person. She sure. was willing to have sex with me on the first date. I took it. And next thing you know, we continue sleeping together. And now I'm in the sex trap is what I call it, where I wasn't, I didn't even want to commit to her, but I wasn't ready for, to let her go and, and her start sleeping with other people. So I couldn't play the non-committal game anymore. So if I had to, I can't it. have you, no one else can. Yeah, well, yeah, it's either like, okay, we have to break up. And at which point you're going to start dating somebody else. At that point, the, the, the tie was there, you know, and I still wanted to be free. I was still looking at other girls over my shoulder. I was probably still sleeping with other girls. And now I had to commit because I couldn't play the non-committal game any longer. And I felt like I owed it to her. That's, that's the God's honest truth. And I talk to a lot of friends that say that they say she deserves it. She deserves to be my girlfriend. She deserves to be married to me because she's put up with so much of my shit. That's a horrible reason to marry. Horrible. Someone. <laughs> well, that's the thing because when you, when you're, when you're not, when you're not in a committed relationship, you're taking something from the girl, you're taking the sex and you know that you're taking something 
and you're not giving. This is what I explained in the 10 reasons video is the transfer of control, where if you boil it down to a base level, women want security and men want sex. Yeah, it's a hundred percent true. This is why 99.9% of the time a woman's going to say when we have sex the first time, not a man, a man's going to say when we get married, he's going to be proposed. Yeah. Which, which is why if a woman's giving you sex, she's giving and she's not getting and you're getting and you're not giving, which is why she, the world looks at her as a hoe and you as a stud. Right. It's not right. That's the game. You just described it to a T. It's not right, but it's, it's the way it is. And then eventually what will happen is you'll start feeling like a, you'll feel guilty. You'll start feeling indebted to her. And that's how you fall into the sex trap. And that's how people end up divorced or unhappily married because we don't want to delay gratification. It's because it's hard, yeah. but everything that works is hard. Right. And so regardless of the shift in our culture, regardless of anybody else's personal experiences to the contrary, you truly believe based on your own experiences that God's way is best. That, oh, 100%. that saving sex until marriage isn't just a God honoring thing to do. You believe that it's the best recipe for relational success. Not even just relational, just for your total, for you to reach your true fulfillment in life and your full purpose it is the best. You know, there was a verse in the Bible that says, let none of us be sexually immoral or godless like Esau who traded his birthright for a bowl of steel. The first time I read that verse, I was like, what does the story of Jacob and Esau have to do with sex? I don't, I didn't get it. But if you think about it, Esau traded his birthright. That would have lasted him his whole life for something that was very temporary. It was right. a bowl of steel. That's what we do with sex because, and I've been doing this, you know, so for the last nine years, I've been you know, not having sex. And what happened is I had to do something with that sexual energy. I, I didn't think it was going to be nine years. I was hoping it was going to be a few months, six months, a year, whatever. I didn't know. But, I, but while I'm looking for girls, there, there's girls I'm meeting and I'm like, is she, do you, would you go all in on that one? No. Okay. So I wait some more and, and guess what happens when I'm waiting? I'm working. I'm working long hours because why not? I, I don't have nothing else to do. There's no girl waiting for me at home. So I'm working long hours and I'm, starting a nonprofit and writing a book and then going on a world tour and doing all these incredible things. And now when the wife is given to me by God, she's going to be the icing on this beautiful cake that I have. And we're going to be your life. She's going to yeah. be, yeah. I didn't even have a cake before. I had nothing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I had nothing going on. We would have done nothing. And this is what I tell people. A lot of people believe that Adam and Eve were created at the same time. They weren't. Adam was created first and he wasn't given a wife. He was given a job. God said, name the animals. And animals to name. Yep. Right. And the first words he said when he saw Eve was finally exclamation point. So we know Adam waited a while. This is the pattern that God wants for us is you got to harness that sexual energy, figure out why the hell you're on this earth so that you will be happy. Because if you don't find your purpose, you're not going to be fulfilled. There will be this gnawing sense inside of you. I'm here to do something. And I don't know what it is. Yep. So you got to put the cart. You don't put the cart before the horse. You got to put the, the horse before the cart, figure out why you're here, get it started. And then choose the right person with a clear set of, you know, a clear mindset without all that oxytocin on your brain. Right. If you've been having sex and you pick the wrong person. Now you're able to choose, oh yeah, she'd be the right one to come alongside me and help me accomplish this great thing that I've been already working on. That's the way it works. Yeah. Otherwise, if two people are just trying to find their purpose in each other through the relationship, I call that two ticks and no dog. They just <laughs> suck the life out of each other. Right. All right, so Rob, we got to continue this conversation because I know that there's a lot of single people who are hearing this particular episode and thinking, 
how is he doing it? What is his secret to remaining celibate 15 out of the past 20 years with only two slip ups in the past nine years? Like that's probably a track record that most of them would only hope to emulate. I want you to share some secrets with them about dating while waiting on our next episode. So I appreciate everybody tuning in to our conversation today. If you want to chime in on this conversation about your perspective on balancing the purity movement conversation, because I know that there are so many voices, so many Christian voices, mainstream voices on both sides of this fence, then I hope that you'll send us an email on tap at shannonethridge.com. Or if you want to chime in verbally, just call 321-30-ON-TAP. We love you for listening and we thank you for tapping on us. 